Welcome to the Magnificat Podcast. We are an international ministry to Catholic women. Throughout this series, we will pray together, share insights, and hear amazing testimonies, typically from women of faith who have been touched by the power of the Lord in their lives. This is a decidedly Catholic podcast, and in this series, you will hopefully learn more about the Catholic faith, God, the Blessed Mother, and much more. Thanks so much for joining us. Now let's listen to a great program. I'll talk about this as my journey, but recently I've read a book, and I keep rereading this book. This is a fabulous book. If you haven't heard of it yet, I suggest you look it up, try to find it. It's Father John Ricardo. The title of the book is Rescued, The Unexpected Extraordinary News of the Gospel. What a wonderful book. Um, And Father Ricardo bases writing on three questions that always pop up through this book and he asks these three questions and I'm always reflecting on them. Why am I here? Where am I going? And how am I going to get there? You think about your life, it's pretty important. These three questions are very important and when you push them into the context of the journey we are taking, they actually add more importance to that. And I want to begin with the second question. Where am I going? Or better yet, where are you going? Ah, heaven. I like that answer. Good answer. We're going to heaven. So the question is, the third question is, how are you going to get there? Whoa, that's a good question. You know, we have many temptations here. But it's important to know where you're headed. You know, I heard someone say, if you don't know where you're going, it doesn't matter how you're going to get there. Everything looks good. And that was sort of my early life when I started off in this world, when I came into this screaming and kicking and screaming into the world. And as I grew up, you know, everybody, what do we search for? You know, if you saw the video search, how many saw that? Ascensionform.org, uh, great video series, form.org. It's a shameless plug for that. If you don't have access to it, you do. You go to the website, form.org, and it says sign in or log in. You start the login process, just tell them which parish. If you're in the Toledo Diocese, tell them which parish. Boom, it logs you in, and you can watch this video search. And the very first episode in the search is called, What Are You Looking For? And we're all looking for one thing. Someone said heaven, but what about heaven? What is it that we're looking for? God. Happiness. We're all looking for happiness, you know. And it's, this video is really great. It starts off with, you're all going to die. <laughs> Think about it. No one gets by with a free pass. We're all going to die. You know, and you look at the, you know, we're all going to end up six feet under with a, two, with a headstone above us. And it's going to have a start date and an end date. And what we got to realize is we're that dash in between. We're in our dash right now. And what are we looking for in that dash? And that is happiness. We're looking for this happiness. And we look at it many ways. In fact, I did too. You know, my early life, I wanted a good life. I wanted a good job. You know, I wanted a good family. Basically, I was seeking for those, seeking for those things that I thought would make me happy. You know, I, I did participate in church. You know, my, my parents raised me well. Uh, when I left to go to college or when I went to the service, some of the first things I look for is a church. Why? Because I have to go to church on Sunday. 
And it really didn't ring with me at this time. But God still had a plan. You know, I participated. I joined the choir. I was a a Eucharistic minister. I was a lector. Helped out when I could. When it was convenient to me, I would help out at the church. Uh, But looking back, was I really happy? I, I think about this, you know. Was I really sure of where I was going? You know, that first question, why am I here? I never thought about it. I'm going to be happy. That's it. But there's a reason. Why am I here? Not why am I standing up here speaking to you today because Diane asked me. No, why did God put me here at this moment, at this time? What is his plan? And when we said the rosary this morning, just a little sidelight, it hit me this morning. There was a certain person that was put at that point in time, at a particular time, and that was Simon of Cyrene. His job was to be there for Jesus, to help carry that cross when he needed it most. And I think that's what God put us around here for, to be that person, to carry a cross for someone else when they need it the most. But do we realize that? Or are we just going, well, I'm going to go over here. Over here, that's going to make me happy. Oh, I'll get a new car. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'll go out, have a good time, visit with my friends. Go out and have a big dinner, come home. Now what? You know, we have to constantly think about that. So one thing I knew for sure, one of the things I've been able to accomplish in my life is I got my wife closer to heaven. I know that. Because she had to pray for me all the time. (laughs) I was so much trouble for her. My job is done. I got her to heaven. Her job is not done. She hasn't gotten me there yet. She's working on it. She's working on it. Because of her help, I've been able to grow closer to God. And because of constant prayers from people coming up to me, he says, you know, you'd make a good deacon. Sure. And I listened to him for a while, and I said, okay. So I did take the step. Now, because the Holy Spirit, I honestly believe the Holy Spirit has always been working in my life as I look back at my life and all the steps that I've made and where I've been and all the mistakes I've made and all the times he's been there to pick me up. He's been working. Because, believe it or not, back in the 8th grade, 7th and 8th grade, I thought of entering the priesthood. There was something in the back of my mind bothering me to enter the priesthood. High school took care of that. Okay, I I got into high school. I don't need the priesthood. That's all right. (laughs) And actually, I am glad I did not enter the priesthood at that time. Because if you remember, this is back from Pixies. Okay. uh, In the Cleveland Diocese, they actually had high school seminaries where kids, boys coming out of high, uh, grade school could go into high school seminary and write, you know, start studying for the priesthood. And when I look back at that, in my life, early life, I wasn't ready for that. I wasn't mature enough for that. And if I had become a priest, you know, 18, 19, 20 being a priest, that, wow, that would have been awesome. No, I would have been a terrible priest. I, wouldn't have, I wasn't ready. I wasn't mature enough for that. So it's a good thing I didn't go into the seminary at that point in time. Instead, I went into the Navy. I tried college for one semester. I realized I wasn't mature enough for that either. So I went into the Navy, joined the Navy, see the world. They don't tell you three-fourths of the world is water. Okay. (laughs) Saw a lot of water. Anyways, but I continued on in life. My wife, by the way, is my high school sweetheart. Freshman year in high school, our first dance together in the winter wasn't it, it was sophomore, year. sophomore year, okay <laughs> see <laughs> eh, i don't count the years what the heck 
But, um, and I chased her until she caught me. Uh, <laughs> actually, she chased me. Don't tell anyone. Okay, no, this is 10 years. She finally caught me. But, um, so after I got out of the service, you know, we got married and we were started to raise a family, but I still, you know, God was still back there nudging me. I just wasn't paying attention because what was, you know, where was I going? I was going to make myself happy is what I was doing. I didn't realize what the final goal was. I didn't have that target set for me. What was my target? And someone said, heaven, well, happiness. I wasn't there. I was getting other things to make me happen. Satan's real good at doing that, making us look at other things that will make us happy. <clears throat> so since I didn't join the seminary and I started raising a family, and people started saying, oh, you'd make a good deacon. And I go, yeah, what you've been smoking. <laughs> but it started, the spirit never let go. He is constantly tapping me on the shoulder. And I said, all right, I gave in. Okay, I'll do it, I'll do it. So I wrote to the vicar, who was for the deacons, and I says, I'm interested in becoming a deacon. What do I have to do? And we talked a little bit. He says, well, how old are you? And I told him my age, and he, you're too old. I said, okay, because, you know, we stop to think about it, the, the, what the deacons go through, it's, my program was a four-year program, or essentially five, with the aspirancy year in the preparing for it. We spent five years trying to become a deacon, and they teach us well. It's almost like a college graduate course when we get going through this. And so at the age of 60, five years at 65, and just like the priests, the deacons are forced into retirement at, you know, at 75, or senior status as they call it. So that's only about a 10 year use of all that money that the diocese puts in, because they put a lot of money and effort into us, and they like to get a return for their money, just like all of us do. So I'm gonna try to make up for that for them. But anyways, so I understood. And I said, this is done, see, Holy Spirit, and it's not gonna happen. Father Joe Steinbauer, if you remember Father Joe from St. Mary's Parish, or the Sandusky Parishes, I get a letter from him, says, come on over. I've got a bunch of guys getting together. I want to talk to you guys. Okay, sure. So I went, and there were about 20 of us, and he says, people have, at, have pointed you out to be potential deacons. And I said, okay. I stayed for the meal. Free food. Can't pass that up. Uh, and afterwards, I talked to Father Joe. I said, Father Joe, I've been down this route. I've already talked to the vicar. He says I'm too old. I'll take care of that. <laughs> okay, so I walked away saying, all right, Lord, if you want me to be a deacon, you're going to have to make this happen. Lesson learned, don't challenge God. <laughs> all right? <laughs> yeah, all right. <laughs> Thank you, Father Joe. Um, God made it happen. And there were struggles as I went through the program. Uh, and he, but he showed me through all the training, all the instruction, what a wonderful world I had passed up in my journey that I thought I was taking, which what I thought was a good journey. I realized that, whoa, I didn't know where I was going, so I was happy on that, wherever I went, back and forth. And I started looking, and I'm going, here's where I started. Man, that's where I got to end up. I've been doing this for how long? Whew. So my journey, while it's been begun, it hasn't been well begun. I'm probably not even halfway there yet. 
So remember that. You know, I got some more there. So going through the diaconate program, the prayer, teaching us to pray. I said, I know how to pray. No, I didn't know how to pray. There are so many wonderful ways to pray. Lexio Divina, private personal prayer. You don't have to jump up and sing. Some people sing by pray, pray by singing. Singing, you know, they say those who sing pray twice. I'm from the school of St. John Paul II. When I sing, I pray once. Okay. But that, in learning scriptures, you know, yeah, I read scripture. I go to church. I hear it. But to open up the book and actually start to read and learn scripture, what it opens up for us, what we're supposed to do, the instructions, just the tie-in of everything. You know, how many of you folks still read scripture, Old Testament? How many believe it was for all those old Jews and Israelis, right? It's not. It applies today. It's for us right now, right today. Those things that are happening. You know, we're going through the book of Judges now through Father Schmidt, Mike Schmidt's Bible in a Year. We're going through the Judges right now. Look at all the mistakes they're making. How quick they turn from God. What's happening in our world today? We're turning away. And what was the punishment? And when did God come back? When they got down on their knees and prayed, Lord, help us, we went the wrong way. So this was opened up. And what really opened my eyes when we studied the Psalms, how many folks read Psalms? How many are there? 150. Wow, isn't it magic? There's a magic number. When you pray the rosary, how many decades? Five, right? And how many Hail Marys? Okay, five times ten. And originally there were three mysteries. Three times fifty is 150. The poor man's psalms. Being able to go through 150 psalms. Yeah, this is interesting. All these numbers that pop up, you know. So, <clears throat> I lost my train of thought. Woohoo! <laughs> So give me a moment here. So, so Psalms, the book of Psalms. Father Mormon, Monsignor Mormon, pastor at Norwalk St. Paul's, those of you at Norwalk St. Paul's, you know, he speaks Hebrew. You know that? And when he taught us the Psalms, he would be reading the Psalms in English, da-da-da-da. All of a sudden, he would go to Hebrew and start reading them in Hebrew. If you want to understand why they are called songs, you need to hear them in Hebrew. The metric beat the flow it's i understand how it's so easy to pray to god through songs but it's you get that rhythm it's just beautiful it opens up the heart <clears throat> and service serving other people there's joy in that i mean that's what a deacon is the deacon is the servant he serves the priest at the altar we serve the people and also, joining several other men, it's amazing to see other people in their life, their journey, how strong they are in their faith, and how important it became to me then to turn my ways into more faith-filled ways. And I got to new, get to introduce, I learned more people, I learned about apologetics, the gentlemen who speak the apologetics, the writers, and one of my favorite writers, like I said right now, is Father John Ricardo, what wonderful books he has and that why am I here why am I here today because I think God put me here today 
as much as I came kicking and screaming like everything else. I'm supposed to give a message to someone. I know the Spirit is here, and I keep praying to the Spirit that someone's going to hear the message. So why am I here? Because God wants me to help someone somewhere along the way. And I have to remember that when I do that, it's not me. It's God working through me. That's the hardest part sometimes, because you see something, and something great happens, and you go, wow, I did that. No, you didn't do it. <laughs> the Spirit did it. And I, and I have to admit, one time, I, and I haven't contacted the people, but I let my pride and ego get in the way several months ago, about a year ago now. There was a young lady. Her and her husband were trying to have children. And I prayed over her to have a child. And two weeks later, she calls up. She goes, guess what? We're going to have a baby. I said, oh, good. Prayers were answered. I go, yes, this is great. Power, power of prayer is great. It's wonderful. And so several months later, I'm talking with another couple. We're trying to have a baby. No problem. I prayed for someone. They're going to have a baby. <laughs> it wasn't me. And after I said that, and they walked away, I'm going, you dummy. And there's always these little things to remind us that God's really in charge. He's running everything. Another time where I failed the Lord. It was at Life Teen, those of you who have ever seen Life Teen, at Holy Angels, we always had a dinner for the kids. I was in the, the hall, as they call it now, preparing the meal, getting things set up, and this gentleman walked in, oh, you have meals today? I said, no, no, this is for Life Teen. It's for the youth that we're going to have the dinner here, and then we're going to go into our program. Oh, and he turned around and walked away. I started walking down the hall, and I'm going, oh, what an opportunity I just missed. I went running back to the door. He was gone. He was nowhere to be found. That was Jesus. When we look at that, that's Jesus coming to our house asking just for a little morsel of food. And I failed him, you know. When did I ever see you hungry, Lord? I just did, and I turned him away. Wow, that hit hard. I, I can't forget that. I let him down. It's a mistake I made. So, Going through this deactive program, I, and through instances like this, I, I need to serve. I have to serve. You know, when you look at a journey, well begun is half done. I'm looking at probably how much time I have left. I'm going, I'm more than halfway through my life. I'm more than halfway on this journey, and I'm going, wow, there's still a lot of miles to go before I can rest. And there's still a lot of things, opportunities missed that I still have to do in order to serve the people. So why am I here? I'm here to serve. Where am I going? I'll tell you what, I, I, I'm going the same place everyone else is. All right, everybody, eternal life. Everyone understands, no matter, you know, we talk about, oh, when people die, you go to the funeral while they're in heaven. We don't know that, but we do know they have an eternal life. Each and every one of us sitting here, or me standing, we have an eternal life. We have to choose, am I going to go to, go to the smoking section or the non-smoking section? <laughs> you know, we laugh about that, but that's the choice we have to make. And how do we make that choice? We make that choice by living the way Christ taught us. He gave us the direction. He gave us the ways to do it. 
the works of mercy, corporal works of mercy, spiritual works of mercy. How well are we doing? At the end of the day, reflect on it. Okay, how'd I do? Ooh, I missed that one. Oh, all right, maybe I'll start again. Oh, oh. <laughs> Can we do this? Can we hit replay on this one, Lord? I think I missed that one. You know, I get those instant replays. That's something that always amazes me. They show these instant replays on television all the time. I said, come on, you just saw them pass that ball over there. Can't you get it right this time? <laughs> no, we can't. That's the problem. We cannot get it. We don't have a chance to redo it, but we have a chance to improve to make it better next time. That's what I'm trying to do. With the help of the Lord, I am trying to make it better. And I believe the reason I'm at St. Peter's in Huron, because God wanted me there instead of sending me to the Holy Angels Parish where I came from originally. I mean, God, you know, the, the Spirit sent me there. And I'll tell you what, not that the people in Sandusky are bad. They're not. They're wonderful people. But St. Peter's needed something special. I needed something special from them. And we have had that now. I think our evangelization effort at St. Peter's has just been phenomenal. And we start off with those three conversations. You know, how is your journey to God, with God? How did you get, how are, did you get to hear from where you're going now, walking with God? And let's pray over people. I've seen such an outpouring of evangelization, prayer, intercessory prayer, which you're doing here in this basket. Intercessory prayer is so powerful. And we miss that. And it's amazing because Catholics don't do that. What do you need a prayer for? Well, you know, this person, that, no, no, that's, we'll pray for them. What do you personally need a prayer for right now at this moment? And to get a good experience of that, we buried my son-in-law back in, well, he passed away. We had the funeral back in December. And that, on a, and two days later, the Tuesday following his funeral, I didn't want to see people. Because ever since he passed away, and during the funeral, and up to that time, people, I'll pray for you. I'll pray for you. Thank you. I'll pray for you. Okay. How many times have you said, I'll pray for you? And then go home, and you do say a prayer for him. How many of us have taken the time to stop and say, Betty, let's pray now. And pray right then and there. Pray for them at the funeral home. Let me pray for you right now. Because they need strength. They need that strength right then and there. Not when you get home. Not that night. Not next day. I need that prayer right here and now. And this is what serving at St. Peter's has taught me. To pray now. To let people know God does love them. The Spirit is with you. And Christ's suffering, yes, we have our crosses to carry and bear. And that's why we are that Simon of Cyrene to help lift that cross at that moment, at that time, to carry that load with you. Not, not to let you carry it alone. To remember those things. That is so important. And so many things that are overlooked. And when we look out today's society, we don't do that. It's all about me. I need this. I need that. You're not thinking like me. You're right. I don't think like you. But let's talk about this. How can I help you? How can you help me? I need help with this. And we've lost that ability. We need to go out and evangelize some more. 
to help, care, help those people carry their crosses because there's some heavy crosses out there right now. Satan is really loading it on us. And we have to lift those crosses to help carry those people. That's our job. That's what evangelization is doing. Not standing on the street corner with a Bible saying, you're going to hell if you don't listen to the word of God. Yeah, we will. If we don't, we'll go in the smoking section if we don't listen to them and do it. But we don't have to yell and scream at people. Pray for them. Help them with their cross. Be there for them. And be happy when you do it. And they're going to say, wait a minute. Don't lean on this. <laughs> We're going to put this down because this is dangerous. Who designed this? This had to be an engineer. No. Uh, <laughs> to be there, to be happy and joyful even when we don't have the best, even when it looks like we're going through the mud, to still be joyful. When we're beaten, beaten, when we are being beaten, scourged, spit at, laughed at, be able to say, I forgive you. They're gonna look at that eventually and say, wow, what does that person have that I don't have? How did they get that? How did I get it? I finally surrendered to the Spirit. To surrender to God is through him, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit that allowed me to get up here today to talk to you. And these final words that I've been talking about, they're his words, because quite honestly, they're not written down here. He's moved me to tell you this, and I honestly believe he can do great things with us. We need to step out. We need to evangelize. We need to pray for people right then and there. You really want to shock somebody? Out in the store, so what do you need a prayer for? In the middle of the grocery store, start praying for them in the aisle. Oh, you're going to get some looks. Yeah. But it may not have been the person that looked at you, or who's that stranger, but they're going to think about what you just did. And they're going to think about, wow, they had something I need. They had happiness, which is what every one of us is seeking for. Our journey is to get to that happiness. Our search is that happiness. God has made it to us. I mean, he, he gave us happiness. We walked in the garden with him. We talked with him. We've lost that ability, but we've gained it through prayer. And we gained it also by praying with other people. We grow closer to God. One more thing then, when you look at our pain and suffering, and it was from John Paul II again, when he visited the hospitals, as decrepit as he was, as bent over as he was with all his diseases, his Parkinson, and how much he struggled with his tra tragedies in life, he walked up to the patient and said, you know, in your pain, you are closer to Christ than I can ever be. You are suffering as our Savior suffered. You are closer to Christ, and you're going to be the saint. And I just thought of something else that's very important because it hit me this morning, too. How many prophets do we have today? Ever hear of prophets? You always hear about the prophets in the Old Testament. Who were the prophets? Well, yeah, we are priest, prophet, and king, but what did the prophets do in the Old Testament? What's that? 
Tell people what to do. Tell the people what to expect, right? The Savior is coming. How many years did they hear that? The Savior is coming. The Savior is coming. Someone's going to rescue you from ever since the Garden of Eden. Moses, all the prophets. The Savior's coming. The Savior came. He's been here. He's fought the war. He's won the war. We still have some battles to do. But why don't you hear about prophets anymore? Because the Savior's been here and performed his job in saving us. So what do we have now? We have the saints. Said, See what he did for us? See how much of a sinner I was? But when I gave in to Christ, gave in to the Savior, listened and enjoyed what he had to say and lived his message, I grew closer to him. We don't have prophets any longer. We have saints. Every day, each and one of us, every one of us should be a saint. If we make it to heaven, we're saints, right? Everybody agree? Amen? Amen, yeah? All right, so we're all saints. At least I hope we're all saints. Me, yeah, my wife is a saint. She's, she's going directly to heaven, I tell you what. <laughs> but we're all saints. So remember that. Why am I here? Because God wants me to help someone somewhere along the way. Where am I going? I'm going to heaven. I'm looking for that happiness. And how am I going to get there? By doing what God asked me. Prayer. Sometimes fasting. Sometimes almsgiving. Always hear those key words. Prayer, fasting, and almsgiving. You know, you get tired of hearing that for a while. But it's true. There's strength there. But living as Christ asked us to live. To help those in need. To be a servant of God. We are all priest, prophet, and king. We are all servants. So once again, I ask that you keep me in your prayers. Thank you for helping me get through this this morning. And it's still only quarter to nine. <laughs> and my alarm, my long time speech alarm didn't go off. It's close. <laughs> I thank you for this opportunity. And Diane must not have thought much of my speech because she didn't show up today. She arranged for all this, and then she goes, ah, I'm out of here. <laughs> no, Diane and Jim, they're wonderful people, as all you are. Thank you again for this opportunity. Thanks so much for listening to this Magnificat podcast. Have you been touched by our time together? If so, for more information or to find a Magnificat chapter near you, go to our website at magnificat-ministry.org or visit us on social media. We would love to hear from you. You can also email us at magnificatcst at aol.com or call 504-828-MARY, M-A-R-Y. Until the next time, may God bless you.